Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, RV, motorcycle, whatever it may be. They'll make sure you're fully insured. They'll do everything they can to save you money. Customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. Everything. They're great people who are great pros. At Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Lousy conditions, raining. Josh Elliott goes out, tries to force overtime. Spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... It's bottomable time! (laughs) He is amazing! He is amazing! They just do not want to go away. Jake Elliott. Oh, my goodness. There's another $500 donation for the Chevrolet Kicks for Kids program benefiting the Travis Mannion Foundation for Veterans Service Medals. Ball is spotted. The kick is... So, yes, we got everything, including the uh, commercial. All right. So there you go. That's Merrill Reese, Mike Quick with the call in the Eagles radio network, heard on Eagle 107. And... Great moment for Philadelphia. He has been tremendous. There are certain guys that have been signature kickers over the years. Like Adam Venateri obviously is one. Uh, I think Robbie Gold, for everything he accomplished in his career, especially in the play, he never missed a postseason kick. And I think the best of the group has been Justin Tucker, but this guy's in the conversation. I believe Elliott has never missed a postseason kick either in his career. Absolutely tremendous. He's, you know, Elliott's been great. Excuse me, Tucker's been great again this year, but Elliott's been the best kicker in the game this year. Um, so that's the story right there. Okay. And that's our play by play call of the day. Great, great kick. And like I meant that with John. I mean, I do mean that. I mean, the Eagles have been pretty much like Rocky Balboa out there. They take a lot of shots, a lot of shots, and in the end, they, they fire a couple in the 15th round and they win. Um, but I also feel that they're an 8-3 and three football team that's 10-1. and one. And I also strongly feel that, yes, and again, the whole point is you want to be fair in your commentary, all right? So that's why I mentioned... Elliott, the first snap was an excellent call. The second time he was called for it, I thought was a terrible call. Like, oh, what, what are you doing? Just let him play. Well, he's not doing anything. The first time he was like, you know, he's kind of fiddling around a little bit, and that's that's why Epinesa went. The second time, no. 
That that was that's that's subtle. Oh, subtle, my foot. What the heck with that subtle. That was a bad. The second one was a bad call. The first one was a good call. Um, the fumble was a bad call. Sorry. I know it's going to be a lot of well, hey, that's the way it goes. The Eagles have had bad calls before. It's a bad call. This is not. I mean, not only that, it's in overtime, which means if it's called cro- properly, the game's over. You don't win. And Brown did not have a good game yesterday. He didn't play well the last two games. Devontae Smith played very well yesterday. And Swift has been, I give Swift a lot of credit. I feel like Swift has been a much, much better running back than I thought he was going to be. I give him all the credit in the world for that. Uh, you know, he's just a, been a better player than I thought he was going to be. And I think that that's that's great. Um, I mean, Gamewell is Gamewell's okay. Boston Scott, I know you all love Boston Scott. Look, he's 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 just another guy. Um, he has moments, but he's just another guy. Gamewell is sort of just another guy. But but Swift been a lot better than I thought it was going to be. A lot better. And uh, credit where credit is due because he's done that. And credit where credit's due. Because um, his cutback ability has been really Terrific. And his cutback ability is something else. You know, his you know, he, he'll go right and then he'll cut back, and there's an alleyway almost every time. Very impressive. Defensively, I think defensively, eh. All right. I give uh the big man credit, Jordan Davis. I thought Jordan Davis against the run played very well. I thought he played hard yesterday. Um What do they got? San Francisco next? Another 425 game. I'm going to be, I'm just going to sit back and just watch that game on Sunday. Because you know, I know that the bowl bid's coming out on Sunday, but essentially I've got Sunday off. And I haven't had a day off in a while. So I'm going to sit back and go, okay, here we go. Let's play ball. Yeah. John Griffin, I thought, made a couple of really good points. When you are playing so many games, and I don't know how much of this John and his staff scheduled and how much was pre-scheduled. That, that, that I'd like to know. Um, but when you have so many games where you're going game, maybe a practice, shoot around, game, maybe a practice, you have to put off days in there too. It really makes it difficult to get better. For Penn State basketball, for example, it's going to be a big week for them because they went down. It's a very humbling experience down in Florida. Very humbling. Uh, To go in there and not win a game. Uh, Offensively, Penn State's fine, except for one area. A couple areas. I'd like to see them do a better job of making the extra pass. 
uh, and I would like to see them hit more threes. You know, instead of being a 31, 32 percent three point shooting team, they need to be 35, 36. But you know, they have they do have guys that can shoot it, so that's not an issue. It's the defense. You can't be giving up 80 points in a game. You can't. You cannot be giving up 80 points in a game. And they did it all three games. There were moments where I felt like Penn State's defense is playing well, and they were playing well all around. So let's go back to Thanksgiving Day. They're playing Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a good team. Uh, Really like Coleman a lot. Really like Radford a lot. I'm not no, I mean, I know Wade Taylor's first team All-SEC, but I've watched enough video of him and seen him now twice in person where I'm like, eh. eh. Same thing when I watched the, you know, because you know, I watched all that prep tape leading up to the NCAA tournament, and I watched all the prep tape leaving, leading up to the game Thursday. Eh. Radford, I really like. Coleman, I really like. Two really good players. But Penn State, with 6.09 to go in the first half, is winning the game 24-22. Puff Johnson's playing well, and then the clocks all go out. (laughs) And they can't get the clocks back, and then finally they get a clock back, and then they can't get the shot clock to go on, and then they can't get the score to come up, and then they can't get the team fouls or the timeouts. I mean, they can't get any of it. Great. So it's about a 10 to 15 minute delay. And after the delay is over with, and Penn State had been playing well to that point, and so did Texas A&M. They both were playing well to that point. Texas A&M came out of the huddle, went on a 10-0 run. Suddenly Penn State's up two before the delay, then down eight. Great. Uh, Battled back in the second half. Nick Kern had a dunk, which I guess was... ESPN's number two play of the night on Sports Center, where Dick and I are sitting there courtside, and he goes up. In most most of these dunks, you can see they're about to happen. Like here he comes. Nope, this one just came out of nowhere. Like wow. And then he then he had, uh, was able to get to the bucket and get a chance, and he scored the bucket, had a chance at a three-point play, made it 63-60. You're like, okay, now you know they put themselves back in the spot, and then the defense let him down again. And then they got it to 75-70, and then the defense let him down again. Against Butler, you know, I did not, I was not there Friday, so Dick was telling me about it. He says, Steve, there's just a lot of things I didn't like about this thing today. He said it just was one of those, like, eh, days, you know? Like, you know, they, they did some things late that was much better, but you know, they were behind, and they were trying to fight from behind. I go, okay. And then yesterday's game, when I was back for yesterday's game, and the only one I missed was Friday. So I'm back for yesterday's game, and there was, like, the opening sequence, the opening five, six minutes of the second half, maybe, nah, maybe longer, maybe the first, you know, five to seven minutes of the second half, right? They're playing really good defense. They took a six-point halftime deficit. They take the lead by three, 55-52. They're playing well at both ends. 
They're getting deflections. The odd part was is that when they were playing against Texas A&M, they got deflections. And guess what? Dick and I, in our own minds, were trying to figure out between the two of us. We thought Penn State against Texas A&M got a dozen deflections, which disrupts everything. If you don't, most times on a deflection, you get the ball. But if you don't get the ball, you've also disrupted them, right? Out of the dozen deflections in the Texas A&M game, 10 of them went to Texas A&M. This is by our mm, guesstimates from sitting courtside. And of the 10, eight of them led directly to a basket. They look at each other in a commercial break like, how can that be? Ball gets deflected, goes right to Coleman, lays it in. Ball gets deflected, uh, goes to uh, Hefner, lays it in. You're like, oh, really? <laughs> well, they were doing that against VCU early. They did it early in the second half, but they couldn't sustain it. Then they started, then, then VCU, yeah, they went on. There was one point they hit 9 out of 11 shots. Well, guess what? You're not going to win games where you're getting 9 out of 11 shots. You're just not. It's just not the way it goes. And then there's the unknown factor. Billups. Alfonso Billups. Last year, he redshirted for Mike at VCU. He had scored two points on the season. This year, the first six games... He had scored a total of 24 points. Total. Career high nine. He was one for his last nine and threes, four of 15 on the season. Yep. He goes six of seven and threes, scores a career high 23 points. You're like, what in the heck am I watching here? Felt like I was watching the Mason Gillis show all over again at Purdue. Wow. So, no practice today. They have to have the mandatory day off. But they'll get back to work. And, look, I've been around a lot of coaches. Been to, I don't know, thousands of practices in my lifetime. I know a good coach when I see it. This guy is one heck of a good coach. And I know what his calling card is. It's been defense. But this guy, you know, but I watch him teach these concepts all the time. Well, now he's got a video and saying, okay, we've told you to do this. Notice here when you do it, what happens. Look at all these good things when you do what, we, what we've been teaching you every day. Okay? Now, here's a series of clips when you don't do what we've been talking about. And then you go back on the court and you work on it. You'll straighten it out. You'll straighten it out. Kanye Cleary uh, got hurt yesterday, right arm. Don't know. I mean, it, he was over there. He played. I didn't see it. It's interesting because the injury evidently happened because Dick and I were at the foul line. And it happened in the lane right in front of us, but there were bodies between us and him. And he had committed a foul early. Okay, fine. So he had one foul. He went out. And Dick and I looked at each other, and Dick's like, he said, I wonder if he's out just because he has a foul. I said, I said, I don't know. I said, maybe. But not sure. I just weren't sure. Okay. So then, he's sitting over there, and I'm looking, and they put this big wrap on his right arm. 
Okay. And, you know, and we're mentioning it in the broadcast the entire time, so we weren't ignoring it. I mean, we mentioned it a lot. Because to me, that's part of, you know, if you're going to be there, you need to, you know, like, okay, ball goes out of bounds. Okay, whose ball is it? Oh, it's VCU's ball. Okay, quick, quick glance over what's going on with, with Kanye. Okay. Boom. Okay, turn back. They're going to throw the ball in. Okay. And that's, that's part of how you do the job. Um, and then it would look, and then they take the wrap off. And he was trying to squeeze his fingers, right? And they put another big wrap on it. We think it was a heating pad. They were wrapped around him. They, they must have done that three or four times. And then finally they put him back in the game. And to his credit, he wanted to go back in in the second half. But when he got in there, I think he airballed one shot. And struggled, struggled on defense. But um, uh, but was no factor. There's no factor. And that's, you know, that ended up being uh, uh, obviously a problem. Um, because you're talking about a guy that's averaging, he had 28 on Friday. Um, and, you know, that's, that became a big problem. Big problem. So, so they did work around. Ace played his best game as a Penn State player. And it's not like they don't have guys that can't shoot. They have guys who can shoot. There's no getting around it. They do. Um, but, you know, it's... um. Not easy. Not. That's that's it's. You've got to work around when you have defensive problems. Like they they're running enough good offense, but you you need stops, and you can't have three straight teams shoot fifty percent or better. You can't have three teams score in the eighties. Like yesterday, they're one point oh five nine points per possession. You can win with that number. Well, guess what number you can't win with. You can't win with 1.226 by the opponent. Can't win with that. You can't do it. So they're going to get back. They got Bucknell on Saturday. Then into the Big Ten. They're at Maryland a week from Wednesday, and then they have Ohio State at home. And yes, we'll be doing the show from uh, uh, from College Park. Wednesday, December 6th. Caleb's writing that down. <laughs> Pretty sure Caleb's writing that down. <laughs> right. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Great to have you back on the show today. I don't know if we have. Oh, Matt's calling in with his rant today or not. I mean, I know he has staff meetings. I can assure you, he's not. He's not out for buck season. I can tell you that. <laughs> Where do you think he is? Oh, I don't think he's out for buck season. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine Catrillo hunting? You know, all these people in the woods like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be something, huh? Catrillo hunting. Wow. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. People are texting me, asking, where is Mac Petrillo's rant? I don't know. If they called the A.J. Brown um, play correctly, he'd have been on the phone in a heartbeat. That's a horrible call. (laughs) But maybe because they won, maybe he has no complaints. I don't know. I don't know. Not sure what to say about it. And then they have um, 49ers next. I mean, it's a rough stretch. But the problem that, um, like, take the Bills. I mean, the Bills have a couple problems. The Bills actually ran the ball decently yesterday, which is good. Um, But... Defensively, it's really hard when you're missing your middle linebacker. Really, is the heartbeat of your team and your best corner. I mean, that one's hard. Um, and that is more difficult to overcome. Those are those those are two big ones to uh, um, that you need to overcome. No question about it. So, um, I mean, but they have to overcome it. I mean, it's not like other people don't have injuries, but for those, for them, those are two like big ones. <laughs> those are two big ones. And right now, they are the number ten seed. In the AFC. 
I think by winning they would have been the uh, a five or a six, but because they lost, they are a um, a ten right now. So for the Bills, that was a tough one. Being a ten seed, oof. You're going to have to fight back. How they fight back, I don't know. That part, I don't know. They certainly have the quarterback. He only made, he made one mistake yesterday. That was it. Uh... So Penn State, we we ran down earlier where they are with with bold predictions. Nobody knows. I mean, I expect tomorrow night that they are ten. In the uh, college football playoff rankings, you got this group of five thing, which is like. Again, it just it stuff like that just hangs there. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In I've never been big on the group of five team getting in. I mean, I'm sorry. No offense. I mean, the big that's why I brought up the Big Twelve thing. Those are four group of five teams that ascended to a Power Five conference. Well, where are they now? Okay, in the conference, those four teams combined to go eight and twenty-eight this year. They're going to be great additions and blah blah blah. And look, nobody wants to. No offense, there's a segment of the population that doesn't want to watch them. Now I'll watch bowl games left and right. I love watching bowl games. Love it. Love watching other teams. The whole thing. Like, for example, I'll give you one. Last year, Tulane played USC. I think the game, if I remember, I think the game was before the Rose Bowl. I think. And I'm sitting there like going, I don't want to watch this. And I love college football. I don't want to watch Tulane play USC. Uh-uh. As I said, when Penn State beat Wisconsin for the Big Ten Championship, Penn State was going to the Rose Bowl to play USC, and Wisconsin was going to go to the Cotton Bowl to play Western Michigan. I got a hold of Matt LePay, Wisconsin's outstanding play-by-play guy. I said, geez, Matt, what a no-win position for you guys. If Western Michigan wins, and P.J. Fleck was Western Michigan's coach, if Western Michigan wins, he said, you're like, oh, what happened in Wisconsin? What a letdown, blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's bad. I said, if you win the game, everybody's like, well, you're supposed to win. Okay. And then when Penn State got in against Memphis, that's the way it went. Now, sure, they had Gainwell and they had Samuel and the Patterson, the place kicker for the uh, Lions, who kicked five field goals in the game against Penn State. Now he's the Detroit Lions kicker. But. Uh, that's, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, I know what they're trying to do. It's all inclusive and so forth. But 
It just doesn't. It just doesn't sit with me. It just doesn't. It never has. It's never sat with me. I've never sat there and went, "Okay, yeah, this is great." No. You know, I know UCF. They went undefeated. You know, and it's. I know Houston has won before. I've got it. But. <laughs> I mean, you, you go where you go, you play who you play. But in terms of the um, the excitement level, no. Um, so let's get to uh, the Peach Bowl. Potential opponents, Alabama, Missouri, Tulane. Okay. Fiesta Bowl possibilities. Okay. Uh, Washington, Oregon loser, Tulane. Remember, Tulane has not ho- has not the Fiesta Bowl. By the way, has not once hosted the Group of Five at large representatives since 2018. Okay, so it's been a while. Cotton Bowl. All right. And uh, Texas is a possible opponent. Cotton Bowl last year had Tulane, so it's unlikely they're going there. And then there's, uh, and what if they don't make it? What if there are a bunch of conference ter- uh, conference championship game upsets? Well, Penn State then could possibly end up with either. Um, Oklahoma State or somebody else, or Ole Miss. I assume it wouldn't be Oklahoma State. It would be an SEC team, maybe Ole Miss or LSU in that game. That's where it is. In other words, nobody knows. I usually, when it comes to the bowl predictions, I usually stick with Jerry Palm of CBS Sports who's also outstanding at the and really good when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I mean, really good with the NCAA tournament, just like Joe Lenardi. Those two, to me, Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm are the best at the NCAA tournament. Well, Jerry Palm is also great when it comes to the bowl part of it. I mean, legitimately great at it. And... This is where he has everybody right now, at this hour. He has Georgia-Oregon playing in the Sugar Bowl, Michigan and Florida State in the Rose Bowl. His idea is that Oregon's going to win over Washington, and right now Oregon is a a 9.5-point favorite. He has Tulane and Texas in the Fiesta Bowl. Louisville, Ohio State, and the Orange Bowl. Now, ask yourself, Louisville? Here's the reason Louisville would go instead of Ole Miss, for example. The Orange Bowl has to have an ACC team. It's in the contract. And when the Rose Bowl is a college football playoff game, the Orange Bowl is the Big Ten representative. That's why it's Louisville, Ohio State. He's got Missouri-Penn State in the Peach Bowl. I think that would be a terrific matchup. And he's got Washington and Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. That would be a really good one. 
He's got Citrus Bowl, Iowa Ole Miss with the idea of Iowa losing the Big Ten championship game. NC State, which has played really well down the stretch against LSU in the uh, Relia Quest. That's the old Outback Bowl. Arizona Bowl, he's got Fresno State, Miami, Ohio. Um, let's see. Let's see here. What else does Jerry Palm have? Uh, Fresno, let's see. Uh, Music City Bowl, Nashville on the 30th, Wisconsin, Texas A&M. Liberty Bowl on the 29th, West Virginia SMU. Sun Bowl, Miami of Florida, Utah. Gator Bowl, North Carolina, Tennessee. Then on the 28th, he's got Oklahoma, Arizona in the Alamo Bowl. Let's give Arizona credit. Jed Fish has done a heck of a job at Arizona this year. Uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Where the heck is it? Pop-Tarts Bowl. Is that is that Orlando? <laughs> Pop-Tarts Bowl. I think that's Orlando. That's on the 28th. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. That'd be a good matchup. I'll tell you, the Gordon kid for Oklahoma State, what a running back he is. Wow. I am so impressed watching him play. Uh, Pinstripe Bowl, Georgia Tech Northwestern at Yankee Stadium on the 28th. Let's give Northwestern all the credit. David Braun, what a job he and his staff did. Four different quarterbacks. The entire offseason mess, and they're in the bowl game. Boston College, South Florida in the Fenway Bowl. On the 27th, the Texas Bowl, Kansas State, Kentucky. Holiday Bowl, Clemson, Oregon State. That's a good matchup. Uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, Duke against Auburn. Military Bowl, Virginia Tech, Memphis. On the 26th, the uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Rutgers and Kansas. That's in Phoenix. First Responder Bowl on the 26th, Jerry Palm as Air Force Appalachian State. And the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Minnesota against Northern Illinois. Minnesota's 5-7, and seven, but they don't have enough 500 teams plus. They needed one more, and so because they have the best APR, Minnesota's in at 5-7. and seven. Uh, The NFL dominates the Christmas weekend 24-25, so the 23rd is the Hawaii Bowl, and Ricky Ronnie's Old Dominion team is in against Utah State. I will definitely be watching that. Definitely be watching it. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl, Maryland, USC. I'm going to watch that, too. I think that's a, that's a heck of a game. If that's the matchup, it looks like that's where they're going. A lot of these, they pretty much have a good idea. I have no idea on the planet where the 68 Ventures Bowl is. None. I'd have to look it up. It's uh, Texas, San Antonio, Georgia Southern. The Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise, Bowling Green, Wyoming. Okay. These are all on the 23rd. A lot of games on the... Uh, Saturday the 23rd. Armed Forces Bowl, Iowa State, Louisiana. Camellia Bowl, which is in Montgomery, Coastal Carolina, Western Kentucky. Birmingham Bowl, Georgia State, San Jose State. On the 22nd, the Gasparilla Bowl, which is in Tampa, Syracuse, and South Alabama. Syracuse won over the weekend. Dino Baver's gone, but they got in. Um, 21st, Charles Huff, Marshall against Eastern Michigan in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, The Frisco Bowl, Texas State Rice. The Bahamas Bowl, Jacksonville State got in. Right? Can't win the conference title, but they got in. And 
they'll play Ohio University. Independence Bowl, Texas Tech Cal in Shreveport on the 16th. The L.A. Bowl, isn't that the Jimmy Kimmel thing? I think so. UNLV UCLA. New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque, Boise State, New Mexico State. Jerry Till's team won 10 games this year, including a win at Auburn. The Cure Bowl, which was being advertised on the boards yesterday. <laughs> it's the Mexico Avocados Cure Bowl. Is Avocados Mexico? Maybe it's Avocados Mexico Cure Bowl. I said the dick. I said, that's the sponsor. Arkansas State UCF. New Orleans Bowl, James Madison. They've got Liberty. Liberty's undefeated. That actually is a pretty good game on the 16th. I mean, I won't be able to watch it, but because uh, I'm at Madison Square Garden that day. And then the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Troy against Toledo. So that's what Jerry Palm has projected. And again, I usually go... He's actually the one I look at for bowl projections. I don't look at bowl projections until after the last regular season game, so I had not looked at any of them until um, I was in the airport Saturday and <laughs> had a little time in the airport Saturday. Um, but I was working on – I already had a lot done on VCU and Penn State before I finished it up, and then when I was done, I was just scrolling through. I said, hey, let's, let's take a look. And so – if Jerry Jerry's the one that has been adamant about Missouri-Penn State in the Peach Bowl, which I think would be a terrific matchup, Eli Drinkwitz done a great team, job with that team. Cook's a good quarterback. And the Burton kid at wide receiver, he'll be the, he would be, if Penn State were to play Missouri, if he'd be the second-best receiver Penn State's seen all year behind Marvin Harrison. The Burton kid, big-time player. And they're good. I was watching the Arkansas game. And I was, you know, and, and Schrader, the tailback, really good. I mean, I was really impressed watching them play. And so was Jack. Jack. Jack and I were talking in the booth uh, before the game. Like, Missouri's really good. You give him a lot of credit. Ten and two, really good. I know they lost to Georgia. Where's their other loss here? LSU. And they lost. And they lost to them at home. It was a crazy. I remember this game. It was a forty-nine thirty-nine game. It was a crazy game. Beat Kentucky. Let's see. What has Missouri done? Beat South Dakota by twenty-five. Beat Middle Tennessee by four. Beat Kansas State by three. Beat Memphis by seven. Beat Vanderbilt by 17. See, they're getting better here. Lost LSU by 10. Lost, uh, beat Kentucky by 17. Beat South Carolina by 22. Lost to Georgia by nine in Athens. Beat Tennessee by 29. Beat Florida by two. Beat Arkansas, and they won that big by 34. So they had some close calls, and they had some big wins. And Jack and I were both impressed. I said, that's a good-looking football team. Really good. 
was it 169 yards rushing to 125, 274 passing to 222. Not bad. Look at that third quarter, though. 73-71. Penn State 115-3 in the third quarter this year. Wow. Schrader. 1,489 yards rushing. Really good player. Six yards a carry. Cook, not bad. 66%, 20 touchdowns, only six picks. And Burton, 83 catches, 1,200 yards. Like I said, he'd be the second-best receiver Penn State sees all year behind Harrison. We'll wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance. Thanks to John Griffin for joining us today. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, RV, motorcycle, whatever it may be. Could be an individual policy, could be a bundle. They want to make sure you're fully insured and they want to do everything they can to save you money because customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. 